0: Hello everyone, happy Wednesday and welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda Williams, and for those of you who listen regularly, you know that I am a Reiki teacher in San Diego, California, and if you are new to the show, I welcome you. We air every Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and if you miss any of the shows, you can always go back and listen to them in the podcast through iTunes, which is listed under Reiki Radio. Now, today um, we do have a special guest, and I'm so excited that she is here with us. Her name is Deborah Lloyd, and I did mention last week that she would be coming to the show. And Deborah is a Yasui and Karuna Reiki master as well, and she is also a holistic therapy practitioner, and she lives in Asheville, North Carolina. But she wrote this amazing book called Believe and It Is True, and it's a story of healing and life lessons. And so she's here today to share some information with us about her journey with healing and also um, other aspects of energy healing. So, Deborah, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I I was so excited to find you and to find Reiki Radio. I just cannot believe I had not found it until just a month or so ago. And I contacted you, and here we are.
0: And here we are. And, you know, it's so amazing. <laughs> I still can't get over that you live in the same city that my mother lives in, in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm over here in San Diego, and you found me, but we definitely, um, I'm sure we will have an opportunity to meet in person, and I'm really looking forward to that.
1: As am I, as am I. And I'm glad that you do come to Asheville on a regular basis. Isn't it just yes. a wonderful
0: little city? It is. It's a very interesting. I always try to describe it to people, and I tell them, I'm like, it's really kind of bohemian, artsy. It seems misplaced, nothing that you would imagine when you think a southern city
1: yes in fact it's probably one of the few places in the south i could live and be happy and i don't mean that in a detrimental way but i love the openness and there's so many like-minded people here and that is just really exciting too people don't look at you like you have four eyes when you tell them you're a reiki (laughs) master exactly but you do
0: (laughs) right yeah it's a very interesting place now yeah. I have to tell you, um, we did get to speak very, very briefly before the show, but I do want to share with everyone that I am very excited um, to have you here because I have started reading your book and I have fallen in love with the book. Not only because of your story and how open you are in sharing your experience with um, the journey of healing and discovering, you know, yourself and all of these different techniques, but it's also so relatable. Like reading your story, it reminded me so much of the experiences that I've had and I'm sure that so many other people on this path have had. So um, to begin, I would like for you to share with everyone what the first step was that you took Mm -hmm. in your own healing journey.
1: Well, actually... To me, for me, the real first step was Reiki. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to give a little bit of background, I am um, older. (laughs) I'm sure many of your listeners are. I had polio as a child, which fortunately was pretty much eradicated by 1960 in the United States. And there were, uh, when the vaccine came out in around 1955, 54 the numbers really started to fall, but there were actually a number of cases in this country through 1960. So I did um, get polio after I had two of the vaccines, and the first vaccines were not 100% effective as they are nowadays. Um, And all in all, I've done okay with polio. I do have a very severe limp. My legs are both atrophied and weak, but I have to say I've had just a really fantastic life. I have a wonderful husband. We have two children who are now adults. And we have grandchildren, um, and I did okay with my life. But what happened in the 90s was I started getting chronic fatigue, which is a result of post-polio syndrome. Okay. And they put me on a little medication. It helped a little bit. And then um, a lot of synchronicities, but I learned about Reiki. And I have to admit, the first time I heard it, I thought, this sounds woo-woo to me. I just couldn't imagine how someone (laughs) could put their hands on you and healing energy would come through them. But after a while, I came to, I might as well try it. I have nothing to lose. And I can honestly say during that first session, I really felt the tiredness leave my body. And really, after a few more sessions, I the chronic fatigue was gone, and I've not had it since. And that was in the spring of 2001. So um, over time, I've had other physical improvements. Um, I actually walk with less of a limp than I used to. Um, my legs are straighter than they used to be. So okay. for me, Reiki has been a miracle. I, I, I just... And I don't mean to be, you know, sounding fantastic about it. It's just, it's been a miracle in my life. (laughs) Yeah. But what I really realized, and I think anyone that's really been on a true healing journey knows that it involves your mind, your body, and your spirit. And for me, um, I went in really for physical improvements. And I can honestly say most clients, most people that go to Reiki for the first time, do come in with something physical, and Mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, We all have an opening. (laughs) We all have a place where we seek um, to get better. Um, But if we're truly going to heal, most likely if we have anything chronic or anything major in our lives, it really has touched upon those three aspects of ourselves.
0: Yes, and I love that you point out um, how important it is, the healing um, really connecting to our mind and our thoughts and our beliefs. And I do want to ask you about that. But before I get into, um, because I have some other questions, I definitely want to get in and ask you, I want to know if you can share with everyone um, what you do practice now because you did mention that Reiki is what got you started on this journey. And in reading your book, I saw that you have um, it Kind of was an opening to other practices, which it has been for me as well, and a lot of people who listen to the show. So, can you just share with us what um, other practices
1: are part of? Well. Yeah, this is for my own personal growth, but it did open me up to yoga. Uh, I would not go to yoga before. I never saw myself as being able to do much of anything physically. And I do have limitations and still do. Um, A lot of my work on my healing journey was with a shamanic intuitive healer. I also saw a psychic medium, um, which had to do around the death of my father, who did die very young at the age of 43 years old, um and he has come through and now um since i wrote the well um yes since i was in the process of writing the book my mother has passed um so she comes through quite a bit off you know quite a bit now too in my professional practice i have studied color therapy um i've studied the chakras extensively um and what and the archangels I, I just really read, 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 and different things will resonate with me. Yes. And what has really happened is my intuition, my intuitive abilities have really grown. So I get really clear messages for my clients now. And it's yes. just real interesting to me because often spirit will use what I know. So I'll give an example. Like sometimes I'll be told, Um, this person is wearing the exact color that they should be wearing right now. And often we do pick out the right colors. (laughs) We pick out the colors. Again, you know, the more you know. And sometimes we just have the feeling uh, like red will really help me today. I need to get grounded. I need to, you know. So I will get messages for people. and Sometimes it's been the opposite, that you're not wearing enough of uh, vibrant colors or, you know, you wear too much beige and black (laughs) or whatever. Um, So the more we study, I feel it gives us more tools in our toolbox, not only for ourselves but to help others. Whether you do it professionally or not, we can help our friends, we can help our brothers and sisters, whomever.
0: Yes, Yes, and I'm so glad you bring that up. I actually um, just received an email a few days ago from one of my students, and I could totally resonate with what she was saying and where she was. She was saying how you know, the more she studies and practices, you know, she seems to feel in a strange place of, you know, when you get to that point of you do have new curiosities and you do start to um, question more and you want to explore more and you want to do so many things. But it can be a, a very strange feeling for us, especially when we've become so routine with certain aspects of our life. But it is so amazing when we do allow ourselves that space to really follow where we're being guided and led. So I'm glad that you shared that. Um, I do want to ask you how you believe thoughts and beliefs affect a person's healing.
1: Okay. Well, I believe every thought, every feeling that we have does emanate an energy. Um, And I do believe every thought comes from one of two places, either fear or love. And the more we really start to understand that and really listen to how we are talking to ourselves, um, unfortunately, we can be our worst critic. (laughs) We can just give ourselves terrible messages all day long, like, oh, that was really stupid, or I can't believe I just did that. What was I thinking? Um, I'm not good enough to do this. I will just fail if I tried that. Every time we have a thought like that, it really affects our energy system and um, it causes our emotional blocks, which fortunately Reiki can really help us with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure you've had this experience in working with people that, I have actually picked up on negative thoughts <laughs> you mm-hmm. know around their head. there'll be all kinds of dark negative energy, and that's really because they have created that. they have produced that just by their own thoughts. Often, it did get started because people told us those things, unfortunately, but right. we now incorporate it into ourselves, and that's who we become. We really do create our lives um whether it's positive or negative, you know, you can have the same thing happen to two people, and one person will meet the challenge and and, um, say two people lost a job, co-workers. Uh, One person can see it as an opportunity. This is the time to go really do the work I want to do. (laughs) The other person can sit at home and just feel bad for themselves. And you can just feel the difference in their energy. Just thinking about it, visualizing those two folks, you will see which one is living in love and which one is living in fear.
0: Uh, It's so true. And I do practice that even for myself. I think that's been one of the most, beneficial things I've learned on this journey and Reiki really was um the beginning of this for me as well but one of the things that I'm so thankful for is the awareness of myself and what I have been holding on to and being really aware of what I hold in my consciousness and how it does affect me um it's amazing work when we really do start to look at who we are and why we are so i wanted to ask you as well how your Spirituality helped you to manifest your own healing?
1: Um, well, spirituality, that aspect of it was very important for me. Um, I was raised in a very traditional religion in, in the Catholic faith, and I do not put down that faith. Um, there are right. certain things in the church that have happened that have been very upsetting to me. I, I will not lie about that. But I do believe in the truth. When you really go underneath all of that, you will see love, you will see true compassion, um, hope, you you just name it, it's all wonderful things. And not only in that religion, but all true religions have all of those wonderful qualities at the base of them. Unfortunately, in my situation, um, part of what I was dealing with, although I've had a successful life, there was always a part of me that fe- felt less than other people. Um, it's really hard to grow up as a handicapped child, and I did grow up with the braces and the crutches and the, the little girl that always needed help from everybody, everything from they used to lift me up on the step of the school bus. <laughs> so I, I could not lift myself up. Um my sister had to carry my lunchbox. I mean, the list just went on and on. Um, I did not have any dates in high school. The list goes on and on. So I always felt less than other people. And I remember going on job interviews and feeling like I will have to do better than anyone else that walks through the store because they take one look at me and I'm already a notch lower. Um, And that's just how I felt. So for me, spiritually, although I always grew up with the idea that God creates each of us whole, (laughs) W-H-O-L-E, and there is true unconditional love, somehow we don't think it applies to us. We think it applies to everyone else, but somehow it does not apply to me. And I have to say that was one of my biggest spiritual growth areas, um, another area of spiritual growth for me was trying not to define spirituality so narrowly, like this is the one and only way. Right. And it has been truly exciting for me to really open myself up to all different kinds of belief systems, everything from reincarnation to finding the truth and values in all belief systems. Um it's just been a really, really exciting journey, and that's been one of the most fun parts <laughs> of this whole process is, as you can tell, I'm a voracious reader. I read, read, read. And I love to read. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's opened me up to a whole new section of books if you will um now you know that that i own the library which in Asheville, i have to say even our public libraries have a large section on spirituality um and i buy a lot of books but it's just opened up a whole new world and it's been just exciting i I don't think i've ever read a book where i don't learn one or two things
0: seriously yeah Yeah. i saw you do have a great um, reading list in the back of your book of suggested reading. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you about um, that I really have been enjoying in your book is at the end of every chapter how you have life lessons and if you could just share some more about that. I mean they are beautiful life lessons throughout the book and again I also saw that you have them all listed um, at the back of the book which is very nice too but is that what the book was built around? Well, right. the, the book happened kind of, uh, I was writing it in
1: two parts. And at the, my first session with the shamanic intuitive healer, I was told that this was going to be important work for me. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start right there. I never in a million years dreamt I would be going to a shamanic <laughs> intuitive healer. Right. A lot of synchronicities happen, and I end up seeing this woman here in Asheville. And at that first session, I was told I needed to go home after every session, write down what happened, and then journal on it, put that in one journal. In a second journal, I was to write down the life lessons as they were coming to me through this journaling and that this would all flow into a book someday. And I was doing the two things separately and did not put them together. And then one day, as I am now putting some of my journaling onto, you know, typing it on a computer, and I believe it was guided, I just got this idea, well, this is your way of discovering these life lessons. And quite honestly, and I'm sure you're feeling this way, many of these life lessons you already know, but mm-hmm. sometimes just seeing it in the printed word and reflecting upon them, um, they really can be very, very powerful. And I go back to them quite a bit because they're so applicable to what's going on in my life right now, not when I wrote the book you know, several years ago, um, because they're eternal, they're infinite, and they can have many, many interpretations or many applications, that's the what I should say. They can apply to many things that are going on in our life at any point in time.
0: Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. Reading it um, in print, it really does kind of give you a different um, way of looking at it. Like it really gives you an opportunity to pause and take it in and connect it to the experiences that you've had. Um, And reading the chapters throughout your book and your story, and then when I get to the part about the life lessons, I have been – more reflective about how that applied to my life and how I've had those experiences on my journey, which is part of the reasons that, you know, I think this book is so beautiful and a lot of people will really connect with what it is that you share throughout. Um, another thing I really love about the book is how I noticed at the beginning uh, um before you have these new adventures that you call them, and you have, like, the same mm-hmm. series of questions before you <laughs> have your new adventures. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, that was, and, well, they really reflected
1: how I felt, because sometimes whenever we embark on something that's really unfamiliar and unknown to us, mm-hmm. we really do worry about it. Like, what am I doing this for? <laughs> Why right. am I supposed to be doing it? But I have to say, one of the biggest lessons for me was once I realized that healing was possible in my life. See, I lived in a world where I did not think I could ever get any better. In fact, if anything, I might get worse because doctors had told me that. Well-meaning doctors. I'm not, you know, um, right. Really putting down doctors, but I believed it. But once I decided <clears throat> that healing was possible, and I became more spiritual and really was asking for it, people started coming into my life, books would come into my life, and to me that's really exciting. We just have to pay attention to that. We have to see those signs. We have to see those I, I call them invitations. I think we get so many invitations from spirit that we often just dismiss, that was a silly idea. Um, but once I got started on this journey, it was like I had to do it. I just had to see what the next step was. It was so exciting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's really what happened. But I, when I look back and just, you know, you could almost do a timeline of people who come into all of our lives and we can probably really look at a few times where we look back and go, gee, I wonder what would have happened if I had decided to take that class or go see that person or read that book. To me that's the you know, that's that's life.
0: Yeah. And two of the things that you wrote about that really support even <laughs> what you're talking about right now that stood out to me is there was a section, actually I think a few times throughout what I've read, you um, mentioned saying yes to opportunities
1: and how much
0: that had an impact on your journey. But you also talked about, um, there was a section about um, living in your rhythm and you talked about living in rhythm with the universe. Yes. Yeah, and Um, I think... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, please, can you share with us? More about yes. that. Yes. Well, um I just love this whole idea
1: of there's like times of work, times of play, times mm-hmm. of growth, times of kind of sitting back and letting it integrate. And when I was doing this work and even with Reiki, there'll be times when I feel like or maybe I've read a book that just totally, you know, turned my world upside down in a good way. I have to sit with that for a while. So it's like you you engage, and then you sit back and reflect upon it. Um, You know, a time to live, a time to die, a time to grow. Um, This is the rhythm of life. And um, sometimes we're, well, this is going to be a comment on our society, but I think so often we just go, 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 go that we forget how important rest is. You know, I have to say I grew up where on Sundays was a very quiet day. We might go visit relatives, but we sat around the house all afternoon some Sundays. Maybe we played a few board games, and, you know, we didn't go running off to the stores and run, 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 even on Sundays. There was some real wisdom in that. Um, and I grew up on a farm, so it was a very, very busy life. And unless it was threatening rain and, you know, my dad had to get the wheat out of the fields on a Sunday, it was rare that he worked on a Sunday, maybe one or two Sundays a year. Um, so that rhythm, you know, work real hard and rest, it's a balance And nature teaches us that balance. If we just really paid attention, look at the seasons of the year, which I'm not sure you have so much in San Diego. But But here we have a real winter. (laughs) We have a real summer. We have springtime, you know. So whether you have that or not through your weather, nature really teaches us that we go through different seasons. And we should embrace that. No matter what season it is, we should still embrace it and live it to the fullest. And spiritually, that will happen. Um, I've read some books on some really well known, um, Dorothy, what's her name, Dorothy Day? But um, some of the saints went through periods where they really doubted if there was a God. I mean, that's, and yet they're saints. (laughs) Right. So it's not unusual to struggle. In fact, I think struggle is good because it really helps us to figure out things. It helps us to integrate and to figure out and to process. And that's how we really build faith, and that's how we build beliefs. We don't just have to accept them because that's what someone
0: told us to do. Yeah. And, you know... Even with you talking about that and everything that you're saying, it's just taking me back to what I've read in the book. And again, as you know, I really do love your book. Um, there was a part in the book where you're also talking about how important it is for your healing to remember all of the blessings in your life and how your old belief system is really what was limiting you from healing on deeper levels. Could you yeah. talk to us some more about that? Yes. Um, so
1: in in my particular case, I really do have much appreciation for the standard traditional religion that I was raised with. And I don't see that I threw it away. I see that I expanded it. I see that it's grown. But I was given the gift of the seed of faith, if you will, um, mm-hmm. having grown up in a church-going, faith-filled household, Um, And I do see that as a a really good thing. But if we just really look at um, how I'm going to go back to our thoughts and our feelings, Um, you know, many people who have chronic diseases tend to really look at the negative parts of that and not at the positive parts of that. Um, One thing Another gift that my parents gave me, they really did treat me like the other kids in the family. And um, so on one level, I was very accepted there. I had chores. Now, they were different than chores of my brothers and sisters, but I had chores. And I have so much gratitude that my parents did not treat me like a handicapped child. They really did everything they could to make me feel normal. Now, that's not saying that I felt totally normal, but they did as much as they could. I am so grateful for that. So no matter what problems we have or illnesses or emotional setbacks or, you know, painful things in our lives, divorces, deaths, things like that, if we really sit back, we will find things to be grateful about even within some of the worst times of our lives um sometimes we appreciate unfortunately we appreciate the people that we love so much more after they are no longer in our lives
0: Uh
1: um but it's true and we all do it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: you
0: know i wanted. to to ask you um, as well because, again, you do share so much of your personal story and journey in the book. How can your story help other people? How do you think that would help others?
1: Yes. um, I hope what my story does is give people, first of all, hope, but also give them, when I talk about lessons and that, I really think, in fact, I know they are applicable in every life. And sometimes it is looking at the details of our lives (laughs) that we Mm -hmm. can really figure out. Um, I don't want to say where we went wrong. That's why I started to say, but that's not what I mean. Because we always have choices to make. We have choices to make in how we react to something, how we see something, how we perceive it. So that's one of the things that I, I want people to see is that no matter what, what hand life dealt you is that you have choices in how you're going to deal with it. Um, and I know choice really can be, it, for many people, it feels like there is no choice. Um, I, don't, I, I can't remember if I told you this, Olanda, or not, but my full-time job is a hospice social worker now. So I work with hospice patients, and I can tell you many of them would tell you there is no choice. You know, here I am, I've got cancer or something, and, you know, I've got a few months to live. But their choice is how they live each and every day that they have remaining on Earth. Right. Now, that's really applicable to each one of us. We don't know how many more days we'll be here. You know, some of us will be here for decades and decades more, and that's wonderful, but how we choose to live every single day um really is a choice. And I think I went off from your question. Oh no, but No, it's okay. Um, so yeah, and but reading other people's stories, I have to say, has always been a help to me. I love yes. reading other people's stories and I think that's part of why I um um To me, I learn so much more from a story. Like, I love to read historical novels. If I tried to just sit and read a history book, it would be very dry to me. But put it in the story of someone who lived during that time, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, it's now very interesting to me. Um, And I do start off with the book with my mother telling her story. Um, So I do come from a a line of storytellers. (laughs)
0: You did mention that in the book. I remember that in the beginning of your book, talking about that. Um, Another part of your book um, that I wanted to ask you about was your chapter about becoming intentional. Even that chapter title really jumped out at me. But within that um, section, you also talked about how you had the realization, I think maybe when you were in your Akashic Records, um, getting the guidance or knowing that you're never alone. Yes.
1: Yes. And I wanted to know if you could, um, yeah. Yes. Okay, becoming intentional really means becoming aware of how you're living your life and then making decisions, making those choices to forge the life that you want. And um, one of the things that happened in my work with the Shamanic Intuitive Healer was we would start off a session and we never knew where spirit was going to take us. Uh, I had a few past life regressions. One day we went to the Akashic Records. Sometimes we just had a little healing ceremony. We just never knew um, what was going to happen. Um, so the Akashic Records was something I had read about in other books. And I always thought, well, that sounds rather interesting. And then one day, here here I am, <laughs> you know, being introduced to my own Akashic Records, which is really, um, for someone who may not know, is um, the writings from other past lives that we have. And one of the things I can say when you do this kind of work, it just resonates with your soul is all I can really say. And that's how I knew this was all really true because it can feel like you're just making up stuff or it's just your imagination or maybe it's the person you're working with imagination, but it's not. So anyways, coming back to um, being intentional, it's really setting up in your own mind and saying to spirit, asking spirit for the things that you need to heal. So it's not just sitting back and and being passive. It's being an active participant in your own healing. And I I do want to just touch upon that a little bit. Um, I think all of us probably have done this some points in our lives. And if you work with people, you will find people who want to be passive recipients and mm-hmm. Whenever someone comes in and they tell me they have tried you know ten different things and nothing's worked, what that says to me is they haven't done some of the work that they need to do right um and right. i've and I've done psychotherapy type work as a as a therapist and um And oftentimes, in fact, I used to have this saying, I think it's 168 hours in a week, and they spent one hour with me, and then they would come back the next week and say nothing's better. So I kind of, and I would do it kind of as a joke, well, there's been 167 hours (laughs) since we last met. (laughs) So what did you do during that time? What did you do to try to help, you know, discipline your child or improve your marriage or whatever? You can't fix it all in one hour. You have to take some action sometimes. So I'm a real believer in intentionally setting up that I need to be a part of the healing. So um, you'll be given opportunities, and that's, you know, once you connect with spirit or or with God, whatever word you want to use, when you do that and you ask for help, you ask for guidance, it will be given to you. You'll be sent that invitation, and then you you can still RSVP yes or no. So there's always our free will and our choice, but we will be given many opportunities to heal if
0: we seek it. Absolutely. And even with you saying that, um, it reminds me of with Reiki, not so much with the readings, but a lot I have noticed with Reiki, there are times where people show up and they do have the expectation that just one session is going to heal, you know, something that they've been carrying for years or for, you know, an extended amount of time. And I think that is a very important message to share with people how crucial it is for us to show up for our own healing and to participate in our own healing in the hand that we have in that process.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you've said it right there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we can be dealing with these issues for decades and we want to fix it in an hour. (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. It really is a process. And what we have to think about sometimes is... um, Really, I was, how old was I, I guess, I was around 50 years from the time I had polio when a lot of this was getting started. And I had to really look at this. I have been thinking this way for the last 50 years. You know, I've been seeing myself as different than other people. I've been seeing myself as less than other people. I cannot change this overnight. Um, And I used to get, in fact, I would say my main feeling about all of this was embarrassment. Um, I didn't feel um, angry. I had periods of anger. I I don't mean that. But in general, when someone stared at me, if I was out shopping, I would feel embarrassed. And uh, it took a long time to get over that. I wouldn't go to yoga classes because it would be too embarrassing. You know, there were just different things that I avoided uh, for embarrassment's sake. (laughs) Um, So... You know, one hour is not going to fix that. <laughs> right. It really took, um, I think this journey, I'd have to sit back and look at the calendar, but I really, um, well, I worked with Reiki for many years. And I, I have to say I still use it every day on my Yes. And I think that's essential because that's what keeps me, um, first of all, it helps energize me just on a physical level. But for me Reiki is just such a direct connect connection to the divine. Yeah. Um I just couldn't live without it now. I can pray and that's lovely. But to me it's like um prayer on steroids or <laughs> something. It's just so much more powerful.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why I do love so much and I always recommend um meditation because of that deep connection, just sitting within your own energy and connecting with source energy and recognizing that there is no separation there meditation and Reiki I started at the same time and they both um, shifted the way that I viewed my life and who I was and how I was showing up in the world and you know really starting to take more accountability for my own energy and seeing how we all interact and how we all influence each other so there are just so many layers. I could talk to you all day about this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you section.
1: <know>, yes. <laughs> and, and I totally agree with that. And yeah. to me, the two just dovetail so beautifully. Meditation helped my Reiki, and Reiki helped my meditation.
0: You know? Absolutely. <laughs> it's
1: just, it, it just goes together hand in hand. It's so
0: true. And I um, like that you pointed out as well that you still, you know, use it on yourself. And that's one of the things I tell people. A lot of people want to learn, you know, of course, to help Others, and I um always share with them the importance of doing the work on yourself I mean of course it's it's so rewarding to be able to help other people, but there is nothing like um the benefit of doing the work on yourself so um absolutely, that, and I think
1: all of us, anyone who works in any healing profession, and I'm talking medical counselors. Well, we're all healers, right? We bring we yeah. can bring healing right into our own homes. <clears throat> we all should be working on ourselves continually. And um, I work very closely with uh, another healing person. And, um, you know, we joke about it. We go, oh, life on earth is just so hard. <laughs> we just keep <laughs> needing to <laughs> have more and more Reiki just to get through it all. <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. I mean, our world takes away our energy <laughs> if we allow it. So, you know, daily doses of Reiki is wonderful. Everyone should should do it. Um, yeah. Now, let me just add one thing because it keeps coming yeah. to my mind. I think I was supposed to say it, but... One of the things I love about Reiki is how accessible it is, and yeah. what I mean is, you don't have to have any medical knowledge or any spiritual knowledge, or you know, it, anyone can come to a class and learn how to do Reiki, and you know, most classes are quite affordable. Um, yeah. when you look at how you might be spending your money elsewhere, it's very affordable, and it can be the best thing you do for yourself. But I love that you know, you can learn it so quickly and you have it for the rest of your life.
0: It's just
1: a wonderful gift.
0: You know what I love about it too, and I actually talked about this on the show um, last week, but I would love to hear your experience with this. I was talking about how Reiki, it really does evolve with you. Like the way that I... Or what I learned initially, you know, you learn the foundational tools and then you learn, you know, the distant healing and all of these things. But the more that you practice it, it grows with you and the way that you use it may even evolve. And it just it really does. um, That's why I like to stress the importance of your practice, because you're going to learn so much just through your practice, because it does grow with each of us in very unique ways.
1: I, I I love that phrase evolves with you. I have never quite said it that way, although I 100% believe, but I agree with you totally. And just like the intuitive um, growth that I've had, it yeah. did not happen overnight. It happened over years, and right. it happened with more and more practice. And, you know, I think one of the things Reiki does, and I actually, when I teach Reiki, I'll talk about this, we do not listen to our gut feelings, you know, uh-huh. um people often say, "Oh, I knew my gut, this was not a good person for me by went I had to married him anyways, you know <laughs> right. Um, right, but we tend not to listen to our guts, and I think Reiki calls us on that. <laughs> I think sometimes Reiki's helping us go, "Oh, listen here, you know, this doesn't feel right. We become more right. in tune with those things that we knew all along. And um, and that's another way to evolve, too.
0: Absolutely. Um, another question um, that I have for you is, do you feel that all people have an area that needs to heal?
1: I actually do. Um, and I've had a few emails from um, people who have found me that have disagreed with that. And this is how I look at it as often we take care of the top layer of something but our lives are very complex and a lot of our issues are like an onion. There's layers and layers and layers. And quite honestly for myself, I think in many ways I was good on the outside. In fact I was, you know. Again I had a successful career, successful marriage and all that. But when you got down into the deeper layers, I really had not dealt with the effects that polio had on me. Right. All of us, every single person, has something that can be healed. Um, I do think as part of our purpose of being on Earth, quite honestly, is for us to learn our life yes. lessons
0: yes. and to
1: grow into the spiritual beings that we can be. And um, so, yes, I I do think everyone has something to heal, and it's a journey. Um, You know, that was one of the first phrases you said at the beginning of the show, is the journey of healing, and it is a journey, and we should never forget that. Um, It's not one hour with somebody or even ten hours with somebody. Right. It's our entire lifetimes. And and I can honestly tell you that one of the biggest lessons I've learned in hospice, we are still working on stuff on our deathbeds. Mm-hmm. We really are, and whatever we can do before we get there will make that part of our journey much, much easier. Yes. Um, and I see it all the time. Um, so it's also taught me take advantage of it now. Uh, mm-hmm. Find the time, make the time, <laughs> uh, to work on whatever's bothering me. Figure out what's bothering you. Figure out why that person you know rubs you the wrong way. Whatever it is, there's always work because we're given, really, we're given opportunities to do that work.
0: Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it really is our perspective and how we choose to view it. You know, um, with you saying this, and I think about how I talk about this all the time as well, how it really is an ongoing process. And some of my friends who don't do this work, they're like, you're still studying and you're still practicing. Like, don't you have it already? And I'm You know, I always tell them, I'm not done working on me. Like, that's not going to to stop. So a lot of people see it as kind of like, why would you even bother? But on the other hand, when you can really understand that not only is it just healing, like not getting so stuck in that word of just healing, but how it really helps you to grow as a person and it helps you to appreciate life in a new way and appreciate yourself and everyone around. It just gives you like a whole new um, feel about life itself. So, I mean, I every part of the journey, even the parts of it, you know, because we do have those growth periods and it's not always rainbows. There are tough parts of the journey. Of course, it would be looking at yourself and looking at your stuff, but it is so rewarding when you can really look at the fact that you are growing and you are healing. Oh so. Yeah, it's nothing like it. Um, yes. I and do- what
1: happens is you, you really develop inner peace and joy. And yeah. And until you really experience real peace and real joy, that um, you can't really describe it. It's just such a, a center of calmness and pure love.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, and I joke with people all the time, too. I said, I know that people who, and I've said it on the show, like I get emails from people and I am I can tell from what they say to me that they think that I'm, you know, in meditation 24 hours a day on a lotus flower and, you know, nothing affects me. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, You're not? I'm still human, right? Yeah, I'm still human. Right. But really, all of right. these things have just made me so much more resilient. And I'm so thankful for Reiki and all of these other tools because they've helped me to deal with, you know, what would be challenging and to, um, you know, take it in differently and look at it differently. So it's just it does make you more resilient, I think. And again, you can see the lessons and the things that are tough. And so it's not even though it's not all warm and fuzzy, you can still see the benefit. Yes. Yeah. And if
1: our whole if our entire life was just warm and fuzzy, what would we have gained? What would we have grown? Um right. I really believe in the human potential and for us to reach our full potential, we have to go through some tough times. Um that's what it's all about and um that's just really how I how I think and we all have had tough times. You know, we can look at other people and think, oh, their life was just easy. Talk to them for about 10 or 15 minutes. You'll find out, right. you know, it wasn't. <laughs> Right. Everybody has something. Yeah. Really.
0: That's absolutely That's true. true. That is so true. Now, before we go, um, I did also want to, a, a couple of things. One, I wanted you to please share with everyone the name of the book again and how they can get the book. Sure. The book
1: is called Believe and It Is True, A Story of Healing and Life Lessons. And my name is Deborah Lloyd. And um, you can, for people in the United States, can order it off my website, which is Deb lloyd healing that's two l's d-e-b-l-l-o-y-d healing and they'll get an autographed copy Um, or you can go to some of the major website bookstores like amazon barnes and noble books a million Uh, it is both in paperback and ebook format or one of my favorite things to do is go to your local independent bookstore and um it's not carried in a whole lot of bookstores, but they can order it because it's at um the main distributors distributors in the United States. Um the book was published, it's a notebook, that's the imprint by John Hunt Publishing. You can also go to their website and order it. And for anyone that's uh, likes to read spiritual books, it's a wonderful website. That is their main um publishing is Mind Body Spirit Books. And how I found them was because I had already owned a few books by them.
0: (laughs) That's wonderful. uh, That's how I found
1: them. (laughs) I went to their website and went, I like this company. (laughs) They're out of London. Um, So um, anyway, so there's a number of places where you can get the book.
0: Yeah, and also in the show description, if you are listening um, to Reiki Radio through Blog Talk Radio, Um, in the show description there are also links to Deborah's website as well as if you click on the title of her book it'll take you to where you can purchase it Um, I also have we've been tweeting each other back and forth today so if you go to my Twitter (laughs) as well you can contact Deborah that way (laughs) so there are um, and yeah they can find you
1: yes and on my website I have my email address I'm more than happy to get emails. I have a blog and can I mention I am now writing for another website that's all Reiki focused.
0: Oh I don't know wonderful. If
1: you've heard dot com. It's actually out of Europe. Um it's R E I K I Reiki Rays. R A Y S. And um mm-hmm. she has a number of articles like a couple a day. <laughs> oh, wow. Some different writers, not just me. Um, but I am writing an article a week for them. And uh, that's been fun and challenging, and people will comment. And, you know, I'm getting comments from people where you can tell English is not their first language. I love it. Yeah. So, ranking right is international. And um, just getting this connection, um, it, it's just been fun. And just seeing people's different perspectives um, and none of it's wrong. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Because our experience of Reiki is our experience of Reiki, and no one can take that away from us.
0: Absolutely. And before we go, I do want to know, if you can, just in one sentence, share with us what the message of your book is. I would say the
1: main message is healing is a possibility for every person.
0: Beautiful. And that's it. That's beautiful. That's perfect. (laughs) What else could you say? Uh, There's nothing else to say. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's absolutely perfect. And it's absolutely true. It's so true. And I really do recommend this book um, to anyone who is listening, even as a gift. When I was reading it, I was thinking about different people in my life that I really think would benefit from this book. So. Again, I am so glad that you found me, however that was. And it has been an absolute pleasure connecting with you. And I am going to keep in touch because the next time I'm in Asheville, I absolutely want to sit down and have tea with you.
1: And I... 100%. (laughs) One hundred percent. I will be looking forward to it. I, I you know, this is one of the greatest gifts is meeting like minded Reiki people. And it's a gift for all of us. We should be seeking each other out because we have so much to talk about and so much to share. And I look forward to meeting you in person.
0: Thank you so much, Deborah, and I hope you have a great night. You too. Thank okay, you bye again bye. for having me on their show. Thank bye you bye. so much. Bye bye. Uh huh. And for everyone listening, um, I hope that you really enjoyed the show. Deborah, she shared so much wonderful information with us, and I am just beaming. I really am in gratitude for having this exchange with her. And again, the book has been really amazing, and I can't wait to get back to it and do some more reading. Um, again, if you do want to contact Deborah, you can go to my Twitter. Um, I do have her on there now. (laughs) If you go to at Reiki Radio on Twitter, you will see um, Deborah's Twitter account there. You can also click on the links within the show description to her website, as well as how to purchase her book. And I also um, am going to put her information on my Facebook page, which is Yuqi Wellness. So you have a lot of ways to contact her. And as always, I'm very thankful for all of you showing up today. If you have any questions about me and my work or you just want to say hello, you can also contact me through my website, which is yuchi.com. That's Y-E-W-C-H-I.com. I hope you all have a beautiful evening and remember to always journey in love.